Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. I hope you are having an excellent week. I know I am. Last week was really fun getting to spend some time with Zhuping Haj, who is my tea mentor, talking about pu'er tea. And we covered what makes this fermented tea so special. It's a little unusual. And I got called out a little bit in an email about how I maybe described the tea incorrectly. I maybe, uh, in a couple of shows ago, talked about pu'er tasting a little moldy and stale. And that's not the case at all. Hopefully last week when we were talking to Juping, I piqued your curiosity about how the flavors of pu'er are really dramatic and really wonderful. Maybe you went out and tried some pu'er. If you did, send me an email. I'd love to hear what your experience was. If you were unable to find some and are still interested in trying it, send me an email and I will be happy to send you a little sample of it. But the conclusion of the discussion of pu'er really finishes out a long series of what I would classify as teas that are plain. We started with white tea, then we moved to green, oolong, black, and pu'er. We covered the five major categories of tea that are essentially plain teas. There's nothing added to them. The next few weeks, we're going to talk about teas that do have things added to them. We're going to cover flavored and scented teas. Now, these are very popular. I know pu'er is pretty rare and unusual, but flavored teas and scented teas are very popular. Now, think about it. When you go to a restaurant and you have that raspberry or peach iced tea, or maybe you like Earl Grey, that's a flavored tea. What I mean by a flavored tea is there is a base tea, it's dry, and some form of liquid fragrance or flavor has been added to those leaves. Now, we do that a lot at the Maya Tea Company. All tea companies do this. It's a really simple process, and the flavors that we add kind of come in a lot of different varieties. Of course, there's the artificial flavor that doesn't taste very good. We don't use any of the artificial flavors. You can also get natural flavors or essential oils. Those tend to be pretty expensive, sometimes hard to find. They kind of fluctuate based on availability. And oftentimes, they can be really, really volatile. But most companies who are trying to do a great job, and ourselves included, use a flavor that would be classified as nature-identic or nature-identical. Essentially, what we've done is the flavor companies have figured out what makes the flavor of a particular fruit or a particular fragrance typical in nature and they've been able to isolate that compound and recreate it in the lab. So what makes apricot taste like apricot they've determined and are able to recreate that chemically and you can get very specific. You can create layers of different things. Things like not just lemon but a Meyer lemon or a juicy lemon or a really tart lemon. You can get a regular orange or a blood orange. So you have multiple, multiple variations on this, but these nature-identic flavors really, really are wonderful and impart great flavor. And how we do it is basically we put them on the leaves, we allow them to get wet. They're usually an alcohol base, you know, with the fragrance added to it. The alcohol evaporates, thereby leaving the flavor within the tea leaves. Then you infuse the tea, and of course, it comes out. Now, that's fairly new technology. 
Really, the oldest flavored tea is Earl Grey, and it wasn't created until about the 1840s. Prior to that, there were many methods used to impart flavor into teas, but those weren't flavored. We would classify those as scented teas. Now, scented teas we would refer to as any base tea where something has been added. We'll call it an inclusion, and those inclusions lend their flavor, their aroma, their essence to not only the leaves but also to the tea when it's made because they stay within the blend itself. Things like flower petals, herbs, even some fruit zests when added to a tea and not only has that flavor imparted into the leaves, it stays within the tea. Some examples of that that are popular are things like orange rinds, maybe rose petals. Lapsang Sushong would be a scented tea. That's the smoke of pine needles imparting their fragrance into the leaves. But by far the most popular scented tea that we sell is jasmine tea. And I think it's the most popular all over the world. And when we come back, we're going to get more specifically into jasmine tea and how it's made. And then in our question of the week, we're going to talk about another type of scented tea, one that I talked about earlier, chai tea, those spicy flavors. And we got a couple of questions in our email, and I want to cover those. So please stay with me. I'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hi, my name is Roxanne, and I am with the Maya Tea Company. Now, Manish and the guys know an awful lot about tea, and they have put together some incredible blends. But let's face it, sometimes they still need a woman's touch. I have a special gift for aesthetics, and I've put the finishing touches on most of the tea blends that we make in-house. But I've also created my own blends from scratch. One of my own tea blends has become the number one seller for the Maya Tea Company, the Pomegranate Mojito Green Tea. Pomegranate Mojito mimics one of my favorite bar drinks with fresh green tea, peppermint, lime, and pomegranate. And don't worry, if you're missing that extra kick, this tea tastes incredible with an added ounce of tequila or rum. Don't be afraid to spice up your teas. That's what I do. You can find my Pomegranate Mojito tea, as well as recipes and many tea cocktail ideas at www.mayatea.com. You can save 15% on any of your tea selection, particularly the Pomegranate Mojito. Our coupon code is STEEP. Cheers! Or as we say here in the Southwest, SALUTE! Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. This week specifically, we are talking about flavored and scented teas. Flavored teas being dry tea leaves that have had a liquid flavor or fragrance added to them, which then evaporates off but leaves that flavor in the tea leaves. And then when you make your cup, that flavor releases and then you can taste it when you're drinking the tea. But flavored teas are really kind of a new thing. Originally, tea was scented. Now, why would you scent a tea anyway? 
Well, like most tea innovations, this one comes from China. 800 years ago, during the Song Dynasty, in an effort to make poor quality tea leaves taste better, they started adding jasmine flowers to it. And jasmine tea, or jasmine scented tea, is far and away the most popular of all scented teas, and by all accounts also the oldest. There are a couple of traits to the jasmine blossom itself that make this tea both unique and difficult to make. Two traits. First of all, jasmine doesn't bloom until late August and September. The second, jasmine is also a night bloomer. Now, most of the tea production in China is done in April and May. Sure, it starts late March, but really the bulk of the tea production is done in April, May, and early June. Now, if the jasmine flowers don't even begin to appear and blossom until, say, late August, early September, you got to hold all that tea, and that's what they do. So they pick all this tea, and they hold it, and wait until the jasmine flowers are ready. Jasmine is also a night bloomer. So that means you can't even do anything with those flowers until they bloom after midnight. So what happens is they take the dry tea leaves, and after midnight, once those flowers are fully open, they pick them. And then they put those open, fresh flowers in with the tea leaves, into a container, into a box, and they allow it to sit closed for four, five, six hours overnight, whatever is deemed necessary. Then they open the box back up and remove all of the jasmine flowers. Now, the tea that's left there has that fragrance imparted within it. Really great jasmine has that process done to it seven times over the course of a month. So put this into perspective. You've picked the tea leaves in April. You've held them till, say, August or September, waited. Then you've added fresh blossoms at night let them do their thing, removed them all, and then you've done it seven times during the course of a month. That's how amazing jasmine is created. It's pretty labor intensive. I mean, you got to have people working at night, you got to pick flowers, you got to put them into the box, you got to take them out again, and it's a lot of work. That's why really great jasmine is more expensive than its standard counterpart. You can get a wide variety, though, of grades of jasmine you can get some that have only been scented once or for very short periods of time or not scented properly. Of course, you can get different grades of tea leaves. You can get really, really great green tea or great white tea as the base that those flowers have been added to. Or you can get really cheap, poor quality tea with very poor quality blossoms. So you have a big variety. Also, you can get duped because some jasmine tea that's out there is also flavored tea. So somebody's taken a flavor, an artificial one, that is sort of like a jasmine. Although, for me, I've tasted them and it tastes like soap. But they've put it on the tea leaves and that's how you get really inexpensive, cheap jasmine tea. But most of it is done in the old way, using those fresh flowers. And wow, what an amazing cup. Next week, we're going to get more specific into the different types of grades that are available. But... When we come back, I'm going to address our question of the week, which isn't about jasmine tea, but is about another type of scented tea that we talked about a couple of weeks earlier. 
Chai. You all sent me a couple of emails, and I want to get after them. When we come back, here on Steeping Around. Hi, this is Sarah with the Maya Tea Company. If you've been steeping around with Manish Shah, you've likely heard me on random radio commercials. Although I'm sure I could have had you fooled. No, I'm not a professional radio presence. Actually, I work alongside your host, Manish, during the Monday to Friday 9 to 5, pushing paper and paying bills. And like most of us 9 to 5ers, I require a daily dose of caffeine. Luckily for me, working in the tea business, there's no shortage of caffeinated teas to choose from. But I generally stick to my two favorites, yerba mate and puer tea. Yerba mate is strong and grassy, while puer is earthy and robust. When it comes to flavor, these teas couldn't be any more different. But I can depend on both of these to keep me on the edge of my seat, which is really a necessity when you work with a guy like Manish. You can find these wonderful teas, yerba mate and puer, on our website available for sale, but that's not all. Check out the blog section of mayatea.com for a blog written specifically on each of them by yours truly. You'll find a variety of other blogs there as well. That's right, Maya Tea Company isn't just about selling great tea, it's all about education and community. So if you like what you've heard on Steeping Around, you're sure to love what you're going to find on mayatea.com. And if you type the word steep into the coupon code, you can save 15%. Cheers! We're back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. I must tell you, I love getting email from you folks. You ask great questions, you call me out, you challenge me on things that you're not certain about. It is a pleasure to answer your email. If you have a tea-related question that you'd like to send to me, email me at steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. If you like the show, fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook pages for both the Maya Tea Company as well as Steeping Around. And please visit our website. It's brand new. It's beautiful. www.mayatea.com. That's www.mayatea.com. A couple of weeks ago, actually more than a couple of weeks ago, about three or four weeks ago in the coldest part of the winter, I think, Right before the holidays, we did a couple of great shows on chai. And in one of those shows, I gave out a recipe on how to make your own chai at home. I got an email from Bill in Canada, and he writes, Thanks for the chai recipe. I must admit that I've never tried to make my own chai before. Next time, I think I'll leave out the pepper. I thought that was a little over the top. But I still want to thank you for encouraging listeners like me to get involved. I enjoy your program. Now, how cool is that? that I gave out a chai recipe on the air and Bill chose to take that challenge on and try to make some and got great results from it. That is so warming for me. And hopefully, Bill, you're making chai now, maybe a little less peppery. I know I like my food really spicy, so I'm sorry if I if I uh, kicked it over the top a little bit. But I hope it is warming you wherever you're at in what I probably would say is probably colder than where I'm at. But I think it's awesome that you made chai. We also got a great question from Rebecca in California. 
and she wrote me and asked, why do you think Chai hasn't ever caught on in the United States? Chai is known and is popular in so many countries, but not here in North America. Why is that? I think it's both a lack of knowledge and the difficulty in preparation. But the truth could be many different things. I'd love to hear your opinion on the air. Well, Rebecca, first of all, thank you for including your address with your question. I've already sent you a little package of our chai, so I hope you uh, are enjoying that. And you are also correct to a greater degree about why chai isn't as popular as some of the other types of tea. It is difficult to prepare. I know that Bill did a great job, but it does require a lot of ingredients. So if you're going to make it at home fresh, you got to be a little deliberate in all the little things that you have to add. Now, tea companies have made it a little easier. You can get chai concentrates. You can get instant powders. You can get ready-made tea with spices in it to make the process a little easier. But it is slightly difficult. Lack of knowledge, certainly. There's still big parts of the country in North America that don't know what chai is. But it's a huge difference from when I started. In 96, when I used to talk about selling chai, because that's what I started in the business with, and what I used to go out and go, hi, I'd like to sell you some chai, and they would go, what is chai? And then I'd have to go into this long explanation, and they would think that I was crazy, or why would anybody want to try this? That doesn't happen today. And you can find chai in virtually every coffee house in America. So it has come a long way in the last 15 years. So while it's not as popular, it has made some great inroads. But I think the biggest reason chai isn't popular, truth be told, is because we like all of our tea iced. 80% of all the tea consumed in this country is iced tea. And so the fact that chai really tastes better hot and is really a hot beverage, that's probably a big reason why chai hasn't taken off like maybe some other types of tea that can be served cold. You can serve chai cold, but it doesn't, it doesn't do it justice. Rebecca, thank you for sending me your question. Like I said, I sent you some chai. If you have a question, I will probably send you some tea too. So keep all that feedback coming. Next week, we are going to get more deeply into scented tea. I'm going to talk about all of the different types and grades of jasmine that are available and how you can pick a really good one and how you can make an excellent cup of jasmine tea for yourself. It's a little temperamental, so I've got some tips that'll make it a lot easier. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show, and I look forward to you joining me next week. Until then, it has been a pleasure steeping around with you. Have a great week. Thank you.